The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. For those who don't know me, my name's Steve. Um, I, uh, I uh, lead the venue in Bexhill, uh, part of the eldership. Just a great privilege for me to come and uh, worship with you today. And uh, just as we were coming in and out there, I was just... So it reminded, you know, that actually we're called, aren't we, to present our bodies to God as our act of worship. All that we are, all that we do, we give to him as an act of worship. And um, today we're going to be talking about work. Um, I kind of expect a bit of a groan, you know, oh my goodness me, work, you know, we sort of, we have enough of that Monday to Friday. We don't need to be talking about work at the weekend or maybe you're in a situation you know um work you know it's just something i can't seem to get to grips with i can't find a decent job i can't find satisfaction in my work you know it's really hard for me or maybe maybe you're watching us online maybe you're actually working now you can't even get to church because i'm working i have to catch up in the evening well done, well done. I hope we've got something to say to you. Because sometimes we can think that, can't we? You know, is, is church even relevant to my work life? You know, that's sort of something I do from Monday to Friday and then um, come along here at the weekend. And, you know, they seem sometimes a little bit disconnected. Just think if you're a typical member of the church here, if there is such a thing. You know, you might spend a couple of hours here uh, on a Sunday morning. You might, uh, if you're lucky, you'll get along to your connect group, a couple of hours there. But then if you think if you're working full time, it's something like 10 times that amount of time you're going to be in your workplace, getting there, getting back, having an influence on the people in that place where you're working. Wonder where you have the most influence. Is it out there in that workplace or is it here? I hope you have influence here. I hope you're fully participating here. But in many ways, actually what we do here is about empowering us and envisioning us for the work that we do during the week, the rest of our time. And of course, all the other aspects of our lives as well. But particularly today, we're going to be talking about work. I wonder what sort of work you do. Perhaps you're a teacher investing in giving hope and a future to the children in your care. Maybe you're a nurse or a carer. You're there with people in their times of deepest need, sometimes making critical decisions for them. Goodness, you're having an impact. Perhaps you're a Business leader, small business, big business, creating wealth, creating jobs for others. Maybe you're a bus driver. That greeting you give to people, so important, the beginning of their day. Your welcome, your encouragement, have a good day, makes such a difference. Work matters, work matters, and it's a huge opportunity to influence and to bring the kingdom of God into everyday situations, to show what it means to live 
knowing that Jesus is alive. You've got a Father in heaven who knows and sees and understands. Your work context to bring the fragrance of Christ into those situations. And when we think of work, by any definition, of course, work includes those roles of looking after children in the home, caring, inputting to them, whether it's full-time or juggling that with uh, a work situation as work. This is real work too, I know that. Hard work, and I don't want to devalue it in any way. But today, primarily, we're going to be focusing on the secular workplace, but I hope there'll be values and principles that you can take into your work context, whatever it is. Some of you will be saying, well, I'm retired now. I can go to sleep for uh, the next hour and a half. No, not an hour and a half. I'm not going to talk for that long. Sorry. The next bit of time anyway, the next hour or so. Um, I'm past all that. But then I think the question to you is, whilst you've got energy, how are you contributing? What's your work, if you like? Can you apply some of these principles, whether it's in voluntary or other contexts? And I'm fortunate, or you're fortunate, we'll be having preaches on both retirement and family over the next couple of weeks. So there'll be opportunity to look in more detail at those aspects. Young people, I know that uh, the young people, you're amongst us today. You've not gone out today. And I'm so pleased about that because you're at that stage of life when you're asking really important questions about work, choices. What's the sort of job that you're going to do to help you contribute meaningfully in our society? How will you model kingdom values in the career that you choose? How will you make those choices? How will you heed the biblical warnings that don't be greedy for unjust gain? When Timothy tells us those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. There are plenty of warnings about the way we choose and think about our work. Far better to do everything for the glory of God. And so the question for us as a church, I think, is how do we help those from amongst us who are working to be the most effective they can be in doing the jobs that they're doing, in showing Jesus and bringing the kingdom of God into their workplaces? And that's kind of the, the focus of this morning. What is kingdom work? With, how does that differ from what the world thinks about? We're going to start with just a couple of stories from Lee and Anita, which will tell us about their experiences in the workplace. Thanks, Dan. Hello. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Lee and I'm from the Hastings venue. I'm also one of the bosses at Fowl & Co, the steel stockholders. This is a family-run business in Hastings. Basically, we're kind of a middleman. We buy in massive coils of steel and we cut them up to what people want to make stuff out of. In fact, you're probably sat underneath some of our steel at the moment. If you look up at the heating and vent, heating and air conditioning, that's kind of the stuff that we do. We've got three factories in Hastings. 
which employs about 60 people, and a plus a factory in the West Midlands, which employs about 50 people. We send out about 1,500 tonnes a week between the two sites, and it's my job to make sure that that all happens smoothly. I started off at Fowles about 23 years ago as a basic machine operator, but obviously my boss saw something in me, and I progressed to foreman of one factory, then two factories, and then we decided to expand, and they chose me to oversee the expansion. And then after that, I had to run it, and I'm kind of where I am today. It was during the time, this time of the job change that I became a Christian, and it was amazing the peace that I felt during the most stressful time in my life. Everybody at work knows I'm a Christian. I don't hide it. I'm very open about it. And despite some initial mickey taking, it's amazing to see how many questions I get and how curious people are. Jesus is my everyday I don't do half-hearted Christianity. I am all in, and that comes out at work. I wasn't brought up in a Christian household, but I believe there were Christian values. No lying, cheating, swearing. Be kind to one another and treat how you want to be treated. I take that into work, and the guys know they can trust me, and I will treat them fairly and equally. If there's one thing that is different since I became a Christian, it's that I don't get angry or don't get so angry or confrontational. I'm a lot calmer and I take I take my time to respond. I give God time to tell me what words I need to use. He always gives me the right words in these situations. Anyway, enough from me. I'm off to stroke some steel. God bless. Hi, I'm Anita and I work as a consultant clinical neuropsychologist. Many years ago, when I believe God had called me into the field of psychology, There were people in the church I attended at the time that believed that psychology was the devil and there was no place for Christians. And yet I believed God had called me, as Isaiah 61 says, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring release from darkness for the captives and freedom for those who were oppressed. And so each time I work with every patient that I have seen, I believe I take the kingdom of God into those situations. I pray and I believe that God will give me wisdom, give me words of knowledge. And I bring those into that situation. And I have seen people freed from mental torment, torment, from physical distress. I've even had colleagues say, you know, what have you done to that person? They were so bound up and now they're free. And that's God. That's the power of the kingdom of God. But not only with patients, with my colleagues. It's often interesting when I say I'm a Christian that people tell me that they're the strictest atheist in the world. And yet in crisis, I'm the person I'll turn to. And they'll actually ask me to pray for them or pray for their situation. And I've had the privilege of traveling the world with my job. And I've been able to take the kingdom of God into many different countries where many different cultures and religions are prevalent. And each time I have been asked professionally to go and work, I ask for God's wisdom word of knowledge, to, for him to give me opportunities for his kingdom to be furthered throughout the world. And I had a word that told me when I was a young Christian that I would do exactly that. And God has done that. And I don't think I realised how important it was until leaving my last job, my work colleagues created a picture for me that looks like a rose made up of words. And they were all asked to give one word that described me. And there were words like loving, faithful, kind, generous, lioness, all words that we recognise to do with the kingdom. 
So bringing the kingdom into a workplace, to me, is just being who you are in God. Great. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Anita. Uh, Very different situations, but great just to see how uh, those two guys actually take the kingdom of God into their workplace. Let me take you right back to the beginning of things. You know how in Genesis 1, we read about God creating the world and all the elements in it. And uh, then in Genesis 2, it says, God finished the work. Notice that word, God finished the work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God, in that act of creation, was working, if you like. And then in Genesis 2 and verse 15, we read that God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So man's role was to come into that creation that God had worked to create and actually himself to work and look after it. But then we know the story, don't we? Man uh, disobeys God or, well, the woman leads him into that. Sorry, let's not get into all of that. Um, But uh, together, shall we say, they disobey God, sin and evil comes into the world and world becomes more difficult, demanding. God says to Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. So as sin comes into the world, work becomes more difficult and more challenging. The garden picture here that we see is of thorns and thistles coming in. And uh, if your garden's like mine, you know, it's the thorns and it's the thistles that grow so much faster than any of the plants, don't they? They're the ones that take over, cause all the problems. And then in the work context, I think we can see the consequences of sin coming into the world environment in different ways. Sin corrupts, sin distorts. So we see greed coming in and work comes about not how much can I do, but how much can I earn? How much money can I amass? We see the exploitation of others. We've done a lot on modern slavery as a church, but, you know, how little can I pay? How can I just sort of give them just a little bit and actually get more for myself? It becomes about selfishness. Let's not worry about pay differentials, but all I want is that big fat salary. What's the minimum effort I can put in? Not how can I make the best contribution? So it's no wonder that our workplaces can be difficult places to be. How do we work as children of the kingdom? How do we bring the principles of the kingdom of God into our workplace. What does kingdom work look like? How do we become the salt and the light that we're commanded to be? How do we live differently? It's challenging, isn't it? You know, how do we respond? We have those difficult things. We've had that very small pay rise and we're finding it hard to make ends meet. These are real challenges that come to us. How do we treat our employees? How do we treat them when they're not doing very well? Big practical questions to work out. Let's have another couple of testimonies.
Hi, my name is Claire and I'm part of the King's Church Bexhill community. In my job, I'm employed by Children's Services and have the privilege of visiting and supporting children and families in crisis in Hastings and St. Leonard's. This can be parents, perhaps teenage parents, adjusting to life with a newborn baby. It could be children of any age who are facing challenges in their lives, really tough stuff, and uh, perhaps the big emotions that go along with it. It could be families who have generally just had a tough start, maybe compounded by the cost of living crisis. Or it could be teenagers trying to figure out their purpose and identity in life. It's about spending time together, spending time with people, hearing their stories and working together to have a bit of a think about how life could be different and not quite such a struggle. And while I can't openly share and profess my faith and Jesus in my job, I pray for my families that they would know his peace and his purpose, his comfort and his counsel. And when I think about principles of kingdom and values of kingdom, uh, two, two values come to mind, um, inspiring hope and uh, knowing his peace. So many times I hear stories where there has been disappointment and uh, hurt and uh, it can really sit heavy on your heart. And uh, I trust that in hearing those stories, bringing them into the light, that um, perhaps we're able to think about things a bit differently. Maybe um, we can, I can inspire hope through a word of encouragement or um, just talking it through. There's such power in sharing stories. The other um, thing that often comes up is around anxiety. People can be so anxious and it can be so debilitating. And I pray that um, through exploring perhaps what that anxiety is about and uh, dispelling some myths about what might happen and what could happen and what probably will happen, um, they may know his peace and his calm and have confidence that life's going to be okay. Jesus talks about uh, faith being like a seed that is scattered on the ground. We don't know what's going to happen, but I pray that in my role, I'm able to do my bit and use kingdom values and kingdom principles to spread Jesus and his kingdom to those that I support. Hi, I'm Liz, and together with my husband, Martin, we own Shuttlecraft Hastings, which is actually based in Bexhill. We provide shutters and all types of blinds to both domestic and commercial customers. I know God called us to Bexhill because when we purchased the franchise, we were told um, after we started that they didn't actually have a territory here and they created it after our initial conversation. My role within our business is to manage the day-to-day -day running. I do this following God's guidance to ensure it's a success as the business does not belong to us, we're just caretakers. It's important for us to conduct ourselves with integrity and honesty. It's very important that Jesus is known in us and through us and we will not follow the world's way of doing things. We will not trash other people's business. We will not use underhanded tactics. We will only follow as, the God's, as God's word says. 
We would not think twice to advise a customer to take a more cost-effective product if we felt that uh, the windows that they required to have shutters in were not suitable. There are times where we do have people that come in or they call and they just want to talk. And it's such a blessing to be able to be that air for them, just to listen. And I follow God's guidance and the Holy Spirit into when to talk or when not to. I do pray for people um, if, if I feel they're in need. Um, of course, I ask them first. And it's, in, it's also important that we support our local community. Um, we do this by donating to Baby Basics that provide an invaluable service and the team are incredible and so caring and loving. We also support compassion. Being a new business, we face the usual challenges, but as we know that God is on our side, we do not fear. As long as we follow and honour him, we know that he will get us through. In actual fact, he won't just get us through, we will thrive and we will be a success, knowing that all the honour and glory belongs to God. Great. Thank you so much. It's so good, isn't it, just to see how people are taking some of the practical principles of the gospel and applying them into their work situations. Just to help you think more about that, I've got um, six M's that we're going to look at. These are not necessarily original, well, they're not original to me. I've, I've, I've used a book by Mark Green, uh, Fruitfulness on the Frontline, um, and I'll just hold it up and say that if anybody would like to look further at the sort of principles that we're talking today, that's a good book to get hold of and will help you. But firstly, uh, the first M, if you like, is about modelling good character. The Bible is always interested primarily in our character. It's the requirement for leadership and for godliness. The Bible looks to see the fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives, the life of Jesus flowing through us and into the various circumstances of, my, of our work. It's interesting that they use the word integrity there. And in my current role, I'm often asked to give references to people when they're changing roles. And very often the question a potential employer will ask is, can you comment on their integrity? Can you comment on their honesty? Can this person be trusted? Key questions about character. People notice the way in which we work particularly when we have that sharp contrast with the world's ways. Modelling goodness, kindness, self-control and the other fruits of the Spirit in the workplace is a powerful witness. Especially powerful as the workplace can be such a hostile environment for the gospel. We can't do this in our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit to help us as much in the workplace as in any other situations. But my second M is making good work. Primarily, we're employed to do a job and it's glorifying to God if we do that job well. Colossians 3, which it was addressed to slaves at the time, and it says, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, your bosses, if you like not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. 
whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Will we be the best employees? I don't know. But if we're working for God, we might be. We should be those who go the extra mile, who finish the job properly. Do we have difficult boss? Remember that ultimately we're serving God and not them. Starts to put everything into a different perspective. We can and should be asking God for his help, help and strength so that we can be the best workers that we can be. And my third M into the workplace is ministering, grace and love. 2, two Corinthians 3 talks about being transformed from one degree of glory to another, to be like Jesus, who is described as the radiance of God's glory. Sounds rather grand, doesn't it? But actually, we are something of the radiance of God's glory into the places where we work. Might feel a bit of a drudge, might feel like uh, it's weighing us down, but actually, no, we need to shine with the radiance of God's glory in the workplace. As those who've received grace and love, that's what we should be showing to our work colleagues. Grace notices other people in the workplace. Love extends a hand. We've got a friend living with us at the moment who's just come over from South Africa. He's working in sort of various kitchens, sort of uh, cooking and, and helping out there, just trying to get uh, just on agency work. And each night he comes back with a different story of the place he's been to. But it's amazing to hear when he just gives a little bit of word of encouragement. Thank you for doing that for me. You did that really well. It makes such a difference. I remember the story that, um, that Sam talked about, about spreading the gospel and how actually it's just the little words that make so much difference. And again, in our workplace, if we're showing grace and love, we can make such a difference. Moulding culture. Culture, the way we do things around here. And in your workplace, there will be a way that they do things around there. We have the opportunity to influence, to shape the culture of our organisations in the way that we do our jobs. As we model the goodness and kindness of God, people notice. People notice that there's a better way. It may be that you feel your job is only a really minor job, but no, the way you do your job really matters the way you handle yourself, the values you express, actually will speak far loudly than anything else. Maybe you're actually the boss. Maybe you are the one in charge of the workplace. Then you've got even greater opportunity to shape the culture of the place where you are. I was hearing about just the challenges of sort of like a teacher's staff room and, you know, how people find it so difficult to do the job and that can become a place where there's a lot of sort of backbiting and difficult gossipy sort of conversation. We get the chance to be light, to be salt in those situations to show a different way. Being a mouthpiece 
for truth and justice. Speaking up for the misunderstood and the downtrodden, making sure credit is given to the right people, not just claimed by the few. Being truthful. Sounds basic, doesn't it? But being truthful with our clients when we're a bit late, with our customers when actually it wasn't such a good thing that we gave them, with everyone. We need to be careful, but maybe where things are just not right, it should be us that calls them out. I know on several occasions people uh, who've been asked to be that independent person in work tribunals, helping people to get justice for themselves. I see those um, NHS workers standing on the roundabout here when I come up to the Hastings Centre in the work. So difficult, isn't it? A time with inflationary pressures in the economy, so little money around. How do we respond? We need God's wisdom to know the right way for us individually to respond at these difficult times. And finally, my last M, being a mouth messenger of the gospel. Sorry, get it right. Being in a work context, we're connected to many people who would never come into a church situation like this, never consider that religion has got anything to offer them but they might be interested in your life. Why do you behave like that? Why do you do it that way? We need to be looking for the opportunity to speak out the gospel when the situation is right. We need to be wise in some organisations. Sharing your, your faith won't be possible, but we need to look for the right time. What about down the pub after work or in the coffee shop? There are opportunities to actually talk about the gospel. There's behind the way that we do our things. I know my experience in the work environment has been so often, I've just been one of the voices speaking into someone's life. Colleagues I've worked with and their kids have been praying for them. Neighbours have been speaking into their lives and I'm just one of the voices that just adds a word for the gospel alongside them in the workplace that sort of completes that bigger picture for them. There are so many opportunities to carry our faith into the workplace. This is what kingdom work looks like, not driven by the world's values, seeking to model good Christian character. It provides one of the most important opportunities for us to have real influence. We're going to pray in a minute, but just let's commit ourselves afresh to making Jesus known in our workplaces by the ways that we live and do our jobs and by our words when you have the opportunity. Got another couple of testimonies now, and then I'll hand back to Sam. Hey everyone, my name's Ben and Steve's asked me to share just a little bit about who I am, what I do for work and how I try to share Jesus and bring kingdom principles into the workplace. Well, I'm married to Catherine, my lovely wife, and uh, we have four kids, uh, William, Elizabeth Rose, Annabelle and Hugo. Our oldest is seven and our youngest is one, so they keep us busy, but they're great. And Catherine is a teacher part-time and a mum the rest of the time. And uh, 
I work full-time for a company called Medica, who most of you will never have heard of. But actually, we have a head office in Hastings, and we employ about 100 to 150 people locally and others around the country. And what I do for the company is I'm part of the senior management team, and I head up commercial development for the UK. So that's sales, winning new business, looking out for new business, marketing, and uh, looking after existing contracts. And I line manage a team of eight. So how do I share Jesus? Well, it's not always obvious to do that in a, in a workplace, I know, but um, I guess I start as I mean to go on. So uh, one of the first things I do is that when someone asks me for uh, maybe a new colleague um, uh, or, or a new client or a prospect and they're asking about um, you know my hobbies or about me, then I'll just share openly that Jesus and my faith is a big part of my life. Uh, and it's amazing how um, that can sometimes lead on to other questions, or at least they know what you stand for from from the start. Secondly, is when people open up and maybe share that something's not going quite right, either at work or or at home. Um, listen, uh, and then just offer to pray. Or if that's too scary, um, then pray for them anyway, and then ask them later on how the situation has been progressing, and and then say, and you know what, I'm pleased to hear it's sorted, and I pray for you. Or I'm praying for you and I'll keep praying. And again, it's incredible how positively that can be received. And then living out kingdom principles. I guess two things struck me. One is being a peacemaker. The Bible talks about not letting the sun go down on our anger. And I translate that to don't let the sun go down or rather uh, anger settle on an email. Don't close your laptop down in anger. Uh, Don't leave a meeting in anger. Don't send an email um, or have conversation when you're really angry. Um, just take that pause uh, and pray about it. Um, and the, the workplace is full of people who are often trying to get one up on each other um, or, or carry burdens into into meetings. And actually, to be a peacemaker um, is a really effective witness. And secondly, I guess acting with integrity. The Bible talks about letting our yes be yes and our no be no. And I think in a workplace, that means when we make a commitment, we consider it uh, and then we deliver on it and we make sure we deliver well. Um, but if something's not going quite right and actually, um, you know, you, for whatever reason, the deadline's going to be missed, um, either myself or one of my team, what I encourage is that people just are open and honest about it. And that means that I should respond in kind. So if one of my team come forward and they say, actually, this is not going quite right and I'm going to miss it or this or that, then, um, then acting with mercy and generosity and just say, that's okay. Thanks for coming to tell me. Let's sit down. Let's chat it through. Let's, let's work this through. Um, so those two things that struck me and I hope they're helpful to you. Hello, uh, my name's Claire and I am a secondary school geography teacher. Uh, I teach 11 to 16 year olds, both geography and travel and tourism. So I love the school holidays and my life is much busier in the term time. Um, I bring Jesus and the kingdom into my workplace, I think mainly actually through character. Um, so things like uh, being reliable and faithful, um, doing what I say I will do. Jesus says, you know, his yes is yes and his no is no. Um, doing that, not using uh, bad language, but making sure that what I say I will do, I will do. Um, I also uh, try to be kind. I think that's a 
massive thing uh, that's like Jesus trying to be kind to everybody, regardless of role or status or importance, but taking time for the person, um, preferring others than myself. You know, Jesus in the Bible was interrupted all the time. He was going somewhere and someone would come to him and he'd stop and give time to them. And I try and do that regardless of my workload, regardless of the stacks of marking or the fact that I really don't want to take it home. And so I'm trying to clear it during lunchtime. If someone pitches up at lunch, I'm going to say, oh, I just fancy a chat. Like, okay, let's have a chat then. Um, and doing that, I think um, not lying, uh, not gossiping, owning up when I've done something wrong, apologising, uh, whether it's to the pupils or to staff, whoever it is, um, kind of trying to be honourable in how I work. But I think also working really hard. Um, the Bible says about doing everything as though you're doing it for the Lord. And and I do work hard at my job. I, I give it everything I've got. Um, even the times when I, you know, I disagree with what go, what's going on, or I'm not so happy about it uh, for one reason or another. Maybe I'd do it differently, but trying to still work hard and be faithful. Uh, I think that's how I bring the kingdom into my workplace. It's kind of through Jesus in me and the way that he's changed me. Um, so, yeah.